Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. We're starting a new series today called Present, exploring the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. And I've been wanting to do this series since we launched, but we, we wanted to get through a few other essential core things first before we came to this very important doctrine about the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin to address why we are starting this series and why I think this series is so important for the life of our church. You see, um, hearing from some of you, some of you have been hurt by an underdeveloped focus on the Holy Spirit. You might have had miraculous experiences. You might have had a, an experience where you've spoken in tongues or you don't understand those things. And, and, or you might have just felt the Holy Spirit move in your life in a certain way and you've brought it to your church family or community in the past and people have given you the side eye. You know the side eye, right? It's that, mm, I don't know about that. But they look at you like you're crazy. Or you've tried to ask questions about it and you've just been talked down to or shut down because there's been a fear and an underdeveloped focus on the Holy Spirit. Now, on the flip side, some of you have been hurt by an overdeveloped or an overemphasis on the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have, I've heard some of your stories. Some of you have been pressured to speak in tongues. Some of you have been pressured to try to perform miracles, or you've been um, in an emotionally manipulative environment in, into pressuring you to have an experience. And, and maybe some of you might have even heard you just simply don't have enough faith so that you or a loved one may be healed. Now, my friends, both of these experiences on either side of the spectrum are traumatized they're traumatizing. They have traumatized some of you in our church, and they need to be stopped. Now, there is a third group of people here as a part of Redeeming Hope, and that's actually the predominant group in Redeeming Hope. And many of you have no clue what I mean when I talk about the Holy Spirit, because Christianity and following Jesus is entirely new to you. And that's actually why we're here in Clarksville. So if you have no clue about the Holy Spirit, you're in good company, because that's the that's that's the majority of the people in our church, and that's what we're really excited about. That's what we're here for. And my friends, all of these reasons, the, the underemphasis, the overemphasis, or maybe you just never even heard a teaching on the Holy Spirit. All of these reasons are why it's important to give a clear, biblical, and orthodox look at the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we begin, I want to intro us into who the Holy Spirit is, and that's what this sermon is. So, so essentially what we believe, what Orthodox Christianity has believed for, for close to two millennia is that God is three persons. He is God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, in our culture, when people look at God the Father, um, there, there is some confusion about that. Is God angry or is God loving? That's the big question, right? Is God the Father angry or is he loving? When we look at the person of Jesus, there is a question about Jesus. Is he real 
And is he really God? Or is, has there been a story around Jesus to kind of make up who he really is? But when we look at the Holy Spirit, it's so not talked about as much. And it just seems weird, if I can be honest with you. It just seems like in, in, in the common vernacular of church and culture, the Holy Spirit just seems odd or weird. And, and there is somewhat of a myth or a fear associated with the Holy Spirit. Um, for me, when I was growing up, I always thought... Um, uh, the Holy Spirit was like Casper, the friendly ghost, like ethereal, happy-go-lucky, and that's just kind of what I thought of when I heard about the Holy Spirit. Now, that was an, I was kind of grown up in a context that undertaught about the Holy Spirit, that didn't teach about it enough. And so there was some confusion when there was these experiences. I didn't know how to process those experiences. Now, uh, again, on the flip side, like we talked about, there's an ultra-charismatic view as well. So we want to address both of those things by going right down the line. We want to bring balance. We want to spend significant time over the next few months looking at the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here is the definition of the Holy Spirit that we are going to be sharing every week for 18 weeks. Now, you might say, Josh, you're crazy. Why are you doing that? But I want to continually remind us of this carefully crafted definition of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God's indwelling and empowering presence within his believers and his external presence throughout the world. The Holy Spirit sustains and accomplishes what God the Father wills and Jesus inaugurates or Jesus begins. Now today is an intro, which means that I hope you have questions after this message. I really want you to. We're actually going to be doing a Q&A um, as we go along here, and we are going to be spending months here. So we won't have it all figured out today. And in fact, as of a few minutes before I started this recording, I was still cutting things out of my sermon because I don't want to give it all away, and I don't want to preach for five hours, and I could totally do that when I talk about the Holy Spirit. So let's begin um, by looking at who is... So, so we're actually, before we do this, I, I do want to say this is where we're going in this 18 weeks. We're going to look at who is the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Then we're going to spend a couple of weeks on that. Then we're going to look at what does it mean that the Holy Spirit indwells believers? What does that mean that he is present inside the heart of the Christian? And so we're going to look at his presence and that we're going to go through a number of weeks on that. And finally, we're going to look at what does he do? What does the Holy Spirit actually do? We're going to then spend a number of weeks on the power of the Holy Spirit. So essentially, there's a graphic that'll come up here, and we're going to see that that we're going to look at, over the next few weeks, the person of the Holy Spirit in creation and fall in the Old Testament, Holy Spirit in the life of Christ and redemption, the Holy Spirit's empowering role, and the the person of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures specifically. Then we're going to move on um, to a number of weeks on the presence of the Holy Spirit, how he indwells the believer, um, how he's actually not just indwelling a believer individually, but he's indwelling the church corporately and bringing unity. We're going to see how he delivers to us abiding peace. We're going to see how he brings us a spirit of adoption, how he's helping us understand that we're adopted by God. We're going to see how he intercedes for us. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit's presence brings freedom. Then we're going to move and shift towards looking at the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the idea of sanctification or becoming more like Jesus and how the Holy Spirit gives us power to move in that direction. We're then going to talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What does it look like when we actually follow Jesus consistently by the power of the Holy Spirit in our life? Next, we're going to look at gifts of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit allows us to actually follow him in personal obedience, but then he gives us and equips us with gifts in order to serve one another and those around us. 
We're going to look at a deep dive into prayer. We're going to look at how the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual armor, protects us from the forces of the evil one. And then we're going to look at tongues, which is an often confused um, work of God's Spirit that we want to hopefully bring some clarity. And then finally, we're going to end with a live Q&A. So as I mentioned before, our approach is that we are going to be clear. We want to go down and we're not going to be based on what we feel and we're not going to be based on what we fear. We're going to look and bring clarity to what the Bible says. Next, I want to be biblical. I actually want to look at what the Bible actually says in context about what the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And then finally, we're going to make sure that it is orthodox. What has been generally accepted for the past 2,000 years, okay? So we're going to look at the extremes. We're going to say we're not going to go to the extremes. We're going to go right down the center of what's been generally accepted by the church for the past 2,000 years. The Holy Spirit is not an ethereal ghost. He is not a mystical force. He is a real person and part of the Godhead. He has a vital and ongoing role in the life of the follower of Jesus. So for today, as we intro the, the person who is the Holy Spirit, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit is a person He is present with us, and he is empowering us. So first, the Holy Spirit is a person. The the Bible says that he is the third person of the Trinity. Okay, so that means the Trinity is that there's three persons, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. He is the third person of the Trinity. The Bible has two terms primarily that we use of the Holy Spirit. The first is paraclete. That's in the Greek, it means helper or advocate, one who comes alongside to help, and one who is an advocate on your behalf, who speaks on your behalf. Secondly, what we will see throughout the entirety of both the Old Testament and the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit and this idea of breath are connected together, that, that the idea of breathing, that the idea of life, that's what a, f- a first century Greco-Roman culture would understand. The breath would be understanding that you are alive, okay? So there's a connection between life and the Holy Spirit and life and breath and the Holy Spirit. But we see first that the person of the Holy Spirit is God. He is equated to God. Look with me at Acts 5, verses 3 and 4. This is a situation in a conflict in the early church. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Now you fast forward just a few phrases later. He says, why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. You see, the Holy Spirit is seen in the eyes of the early apostles as God himself. We see throughout the entirety of the scriptures that the Holy Spirit has things that only God can have. One of the things the Holy Spirit has is omniscience, which means he is all-knowing, to know God's infinite thoughts. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 2, 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So the the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that resides inside the life of the Christian is also the Spirit of God who knows all of God's thoughts. And those are a lot of thoughts. Next, it says that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, which means he's present everywhere in the universe, which is only attributed to God. He can be in all places at once. Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? You see how he's talking about the spirit of God and the presence of God is the same thing. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. 
If I make my bed in Sheol or hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning, dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. You see this idea of leading and holding are associated with the Spirit of God who is ever present. So, so we see the Spirit of God is omniscient. He is compared to God himself. He's omnipresent. And, and Jesus actually says that, that his, he will indwell the hearts of those who follow him. And his Father, the Father God, will indwell the hearts of those who follow him through the helper who he will send. Jesus answered him, John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we, meaning Jesus and the Father, will come to him and make our home with him. And then right after that, he introduces the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He is how the Father and the Son make their home in the heart of a Christian. The Holy Spirit is God. Next, we see that the Holy Spirit has a unique role within the Trinity. He is a sustainer, an accomplisher, an enabler of what the Father wills and Jesus inaugurates and begins. And we're actually going to be looking more at that next week when we look at about the Holy Spirit's role in creation. But essentially, God the Father wills something to happen. We see this consistently throughout Scripture. God the Father wills something to happen. And then Jesus starts it. Jesus begins and does the work on our behalf to do what the Father wills. And then the Holy Spirit sustains that work and accomplishes the outcome and actually is involved in delivering the work that Jesus has done for us into our very hearts, into our life, and into our experiences. That's how the Holy Spirit has a unique role within the Trinity, and more to come on that. Not only that, but but the Holy Spirit has a personhood. He has personal volition. He makes choices. He has a will that gives spiritual gifts and proportions them as he decides. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All of these, talking about spiritual gifts, are empowered, we're going to talk about that word quite a bit, by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit gives gifts to different people in different times for different needs, right? And so the Holy Spirit has a will that he chooses how and when people get spiritual gifts. And and we see that the Holy Spirit has a role in the entire story of the Bible. He has a role in creation and fall. And this is actually where we're going to be going over the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to look at the person of the Holy Spirit in creation and fall in the Old Testament. He has a role in the life of Christ and the work of redemption and the work that Christ has done on the cross. He has an empowering role within the Christian, and he has a a protecting and guiding role in the scriptures, in the Bible. So he has a role in the Old Testament, the New Testament. He has a role in the life of the Christian. He has a role in the, the, the development and preservation of the scriptures. My friends, the Holy Spirit is a person. Next we see that the Holy Spirit is present with us. He has a unique role with the followers of Jesus as a helper, as an advocate. We looked at that word paraclete. When the, Jesus says these words in John 15, 26, he says, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He is sent by the Father's will. Jesus is the, the Father wills that the Holy Spirit is sent. Jesus is obedient to his Father's will and 
and does the work to send the Holy Spirit to indwell us and then empower us. My friends, those words are going to come up over and over again over the next 18 weeks, indwell and empower. The idea of indwelling is that he is as close to the Christian as your own heartbeat. He leads you. He guides you. He communicates the grace of Jesus right into your heart. And here's some of the things the Holy Spirit does by virtue of him being present in your life. He is, has a personal indwelling of you. And again, this is an outline of where we're going to be going over the next 18 weeks. He, has a, he brings corporate unity. He brings abiding peace. He helps you understand that you are adopted. He helps you, he intercedes for you. He actually is praying on behalf of the Christian, interceding to the Father for you, and he is bringing you freedom. My friends, the Holy Spirit is present with us. Finally, we see that the Holy Spirit is empowering us. So God sent his Spirit to indwell us and also to empower us. Look with me at John 16. Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Just a few things as we leave this text up for just a moment. It says that he will guide us into all truth. That's what the Spirit's purpose is. The Holy Spirit has authority from the Godhead to speak the Father's truth to us. If you notice that the Holy Spirit is not the center of the Christian experience, Jesus is. Because the Holy Spirit is glorifying Jesus. He's pointing people. He's like a signpost that's pointing, like a, like a neon sign that's pointing people to Jesus. And we see that the Father has given everything to Jesus. Elsewhere, actually, in, in, elsewhere in this chapter, Jesus says that he has all power in the world and we don't have any any, any, any reason to fear. And so because Jesus says he has all power, the Father has given everything to his son Jesus, and now Jesus gives all of himself to us through the Holy Spirit. My friends, God is, God's power is real. It is present with his people through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of the follower of Jesus, directing, empowering, convicting, leading, and clarifying God's word directly into our hearts. You see, as a helper, the Holy Spirit takes what the Father wills, what Jesus begins, what he inaugurates, and he brings it to full completion in the life of the follower of Jesus. This is not just a passive dwelling, but it is an active involvement in every area of our lives. And my friends, you and I can choose to engage with the Holy Spirit or we can reject his power. We actually have volitional choice as to whether or not we can be filled with his spirit, let his spirit control us, or the Bible actually talks about how we can quench God's spirit in us. My friends, this is the Holy Spirit's work in the world as God is through his church and through his people. So um, here's a few ways that the Holy Spirit's empowerment towards us is actually changing us. He sanctifies us, right? This is where we're going at, towards the end of the sermon series. He gives us fruit. He gives us evidence that we are actually following him. He gives us gifts that we can use. He prays for us and allows us to pray. 
He gives us spiritual armor, and he allows us to speak in tongues. And so we're going to look at exactly what that means, and I want you to hold on when we get to that point and have an open mind to not just go to maybe what your experience might have told you in the past about what that is, but I want us to genuinely look at what the Bible says about such things. My friends, as we begin this sermon series into the Holy Spirit, um, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you're tuning in, as we walk through today, as we walk through this series, I want this to compel you to follow Jesus so you can begin to experience the full person, the full presence, the full power of God in your life through the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we, just, we will read this over and over and over again that the Holy Spirit is present in the life of the believer in light of the follower of Jesus. And so if you look up back over the course of your life and you have not put a stake in the ground to hear the message of Jesus for you, to believe that it's true for you, and then obey by making Jesus Lord over your life, you do not yet experience the full person, presence, and power of God's Spirit, but I want you to. And I want this, this series to compel you to say you could have this if you choose to hear, believe, and obey the message of Jesus, responding to him in faith by making Jesus Lord over your life. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that you are never, ever, ever alone. You are never abandoned. One of the most fear-inducing things for most people is to be abandoned in our moment of crisis to be alone in our moment of need. And you have a God who is as close to you as your own heartbeat. You have a God who is present with you, no matter what you may be going through, no matter what sin you may have committed, no matter what brokenness might have happened to you, you do not have a father that has left you. You have a father that is present with you, abiding with you, with you, holding you secure, locking your life down into his life. And this is the Holy Spirit in you. I want this series to encourage you. I want it to grow you. I want it to challenge you as you truly believe that the Holy Spirit is God's empowering and dwelling presence in your life. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.